I got it, now I'll never say good luck on opening night. That's the rule, I'm no fool. What do I say, I beg? What you say is break a leg. Break a leg? Yes, break a leg. If you're clever, good luck, you'll endeavor. Good morning and welcome to episode 687 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh of Grantland.com. Hi, Ben. How are you? All right. How are you feeling? Well, there's one thing on my mind. What's that? The, the Stompers play today. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm dying. I will not sleep tonight. I won't sleep, but probably because I'll be writing. <laughs> but but I won't sleep tonight because I'll be very excited. I would um, I would not say I'm nervous. I was expecting to be nervous. I'm not nervous. I was very 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 nervous before spring training started. Like I was, I told uh, somebody this uh, that day, but I was nervous like i wanted to throw up so bad but not like the uh like uh, lean over and throw up on the ground i wanted to throw up like i wanted to scream and have vomit come out <laughs> like i just wanted to screaming vomit like i wanted to have a scream vomit uh-huh i i wanted to just aggressively vomit on the world um, well, i'm glad you got past that phase and I'm not nervous right now. I'm I'm extremely excited. Like I can't I can't wait. I just can't wait. I can't wait. Like what if they win? <laughs> I, they better win. If what if they lose? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Hadn't considered that possibility. <laughs> yeah, it's, I am. I am. I don't want them to lose. Anyway. No, so so that's the thing, and um, so that'll happen. Mm-hmm. All right, to real baseball with players that people are looking forward to hearing us talk about. Mm-hmm. Do you have any banter? No. Tim Lincecum was bad again. He was? It's Let's see, what's the ERA now? I don't know. I'm going to tell you. Lincecum's ERA is three on the nose. So he's I, up almost a full run since we talked about him last week. So about ten days ago, or maybe like seven days ago, it was uh, actually, yeah, I think it was last Sunday, I had a conversation with somebody about whether... How like what kind of odds it would take you to bet that Tim Linscombe would have a lower ERA than Clayton Kershaw at the end of the year? And at the time, their ERAs were separated by like two and a quarter run. No, two and three quarters runs, I think, or maybe maybe two and a half runs. And they are now three quarters of a run apart <laughs> in one week. <laughs> they are within three quarters of a run. So. The odds would have to be pretty high. On the other hand, Steven Strasburg lasted one inning and then one on the DL with neck stiffness. Yeah, that's true too. So we had our our little discussion of Lincecum's ERA and Strasburg's ERA. So that one is not looking much better for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, or me. I didn't. I say he was going to be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, Strasburg. Okay, anything else? Nope. Okay. So I wanted to talk about some of the trades from the offseason, and uh, I wanted to kind of 
declare winner or loser, but more I wanted to get into the nature of declaring winner or loser and see how confident you would be declaring a winner or loser at this point. Um, whenever we, whenever a trade is made, there are some people who will declare winners or losers, and then there are some people like us who will act way too enlightened to declare winners <laughs> right. at this point. And I wanted to see how much conviction we have uh, in that position, or if two months in, we're totally willing to declare a winner and a loser. Or are we talking? We're talking about retrospective winners and losers because we're yeah. so enlightened that we would, we would never, never. <laughs> use what actually right. happened after right. the trade to pronounce look. a winner or loser. Right. Look, the Brewers, for instance, are losers in this 2015 season. But it's not like I'm like, they shouldn't have even played. Like, they definitely should have played. They did the right thing. I don't know. We kind of told them that this was going to happen. No, they were right to play, and sometimes you just hit your 10th percentile projection. We are not talking about which front office was dumb for making the trade. There are no dumb front offices, uh, probably. And uh, (laughs) there are, we are not, we are not so bold as to say they made mistakes in these moves. Sometimes you make a good move. And the guy hits his 10th percentile projection, and the other guy hits his 90th percentile projection, and you lost that trade. That doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean you're an idiot. It doesn't mean anybody should fire you. It doesn't mean anybody should judge you. It doesn't mean anybody should mock you. Uh, you're smart. We like you, okay? But you lost, all right? You lost. It's okay. You lost. You can lose a coin flip. It doesn't mean you're bad at flipping coins, right? Right. Okay. So we are not declaring uh, bad processes here. We're just declaring winner or loser. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm just going to sort of start with big ones, and then we'll see how far we go. And I'll be watching the clock. (laughs) As soon as we hit 32.30, I'm going to type done to you, and hopefully you'll start talking. My clock is not ticking today. I'm in a different room. All right. So uh, Jason Hayward for Shelby Miller. There were other people involved in that. Let's see. Jordan Walden was one of the people involved in that. Tyrell Jenkins. Going to St. Louis. Tyrell Jenkins was one of the people involved in that. Going to Atlanta. So um, so this was, of course, uh, well, uh, before we declare winner or loser, let's try to put ourselves back in the time the trade was made and remember what we thought of it. So Hayward, of course, was a stat head darling, a player who was widely perceived by stat heads to be uh, an MVP candidate, a, um, a certainly an MVP ballot type guy who was probably like, you know, a, a superstar, right? A 23-ish year old who was producing five-ish wins a year, um, but only had one more year of service time. Um, and the uh, Shelby Miller was a pitcher. And, and a lot of the five wins was dependent on his defense. It was, but not not a great deal of skepticism. I mean, when I say five wins, he was really like a six-win player, and you regress that a little, and you get to five. Because everybody did agree he's a master at defense. He's mm-hmm. not necessarily a plus 30 guy, but even if you regress that, you still get a very good ball player. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelby Miller was a guy who had had a fairly dominant rookie season um, and had kind of wavered as the season went on, uh, perhaps because of fatigue, perhaps because he was essentially a two-pitch pitcher. And then uh, his next year was quite disappointing as his peripherals collapsed. He had, I think, four years of service time and was much cheaper, but was kind of seen as uh, maybe a little bit damaged goods. Um, and so we have, uh, and then Jenkins and, and Walden are, you know, Jenkins and Walden, they're not necessarily 
big deals in this conversation. So right now, Shelby Miller is like a, a young candidate, I guess, even though his peripherals aren't that much better. Um, but he's been fairly dominant. He has a 1.48 ERA. Jason Hayward has batted eighth a few times uh, in St. Louis and hasn't been very good, uh, although has been picking it up a little bit. And uh, his defense is probably his defense. And uh, in two months, we don't really have numbers that would capture that. So it's hard to cite a war for Jason Hayward at this point in the season. So uh, clearly the Cardinals were getting, were hoping to get all their value in this trade out of the one year they had with Hayward and perhaps their exclusive negotiating rights. While the Braves, seeing that they were not competitors this year, were hoping that Miller would develop into a... Um, uh, you know, into a very good number two or number three or maybe better starter who would be around when they were competitive in the next few years. Uh, so given what we've seen, um, A, is there a winner or a loser? And B, how confident are you that there's a winner or a loser? Or I don't know exactly how to phrase this, but like how far, how close, I don't know, like on a, if, if it takes a hundred, you know, if, if, like imagine that you're like, banging a mallet on a bell at a county fair and you got to get up to a hundred how high is that is that thing going up you know what i'm talking about <laughs> like everybody a, knows a test that. of strength that's right that's right. how high up the strongman bar is your winner or loser bell it's, going it's, it's a weird analogy but <laughs> I'll, I'll accept you it want to go, uh, you have, okay let me try again all right, you're at a carnival and you're shooting a, a water gun at a clay pigeons. Uh, yeah, at a at a, at a thing. <laughs> you're tossing those rings onto those pointy things. How many rings is there? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to pick? What's I your? I think analogy? it's a big stuffed teddy bear win for the Braves. If it takes you eight corn dogs to throw up on the tilt a wheel, how many corn dogs has this trade eaten? I think they Sam Miller projectile vomited all over all over the Cardinals in this case. I think it's safe to I think it's safe to not safe, but I'm comfortable declaring a winner here. I think. We're we're about a third of the way through the season, almost. And this was a very the the Cardinals side of this trade was very much dependent on 2015. They were giving up years of control for Shelby Miller, and it wasn't clear that that was such a huge sacrifice, but he, I wrote about him a couple of weeks ago, he has changed his pitch selection, or maybe he's gotten a pitch selection. He didn't used to have one. The selection used to be fastball and fastball again, and now he throws a bunch of pitches, and obviously he is going to have a higher ERA at some point this season, but he has made some real improvements, I think, and he's young, and there's reason to be more optimistic about his future now than you would have been a few months ago, even though he started to incorporate a few new pitches down the stretch last year. But uh, the Cardinals, a lot of the value was going to come from Hayward in this year, and we're now, a big chunk of the season is behind us, and Hayward would have a hard time Catching Miller's value, I think, at this point. Maybe if we, you could do a Kershaw-Lincecum sort of thing with Miller and Hayward if he wanted to. But I think at this point, I mean, and part of the value was getting to re-sign Hayward, which at this point, I, I is that something you want to do? I don't know. Or 
he's hurt his value so much, or would if it continues to be this way, that anyone could have gotten him at, at a discount relative to what he would have been expected to make coming into the year. So couple that with the fact that Jenkins is in double A and doing okay, and Walden was hurt, right? And so I don't see how you can not call this a win for the Braves, unless you're really confident that Miller is going to fall apart and Hayward is going to be great for the last two-thirds of the season, which is totally realistic. But even so, I mean, if the Cardinals if the Cardinals make the playoffs, as they probably will, and Hayward hits really well there and they win a World Series because Hayward hit a walk-off in Game 7 or something, then I guess that's a way that you could call the Cardinals winners here. Sure, yeah. And that's one of the ways that you can spin this for the Cardinals if you were inclined to, is to say, well, hey, it hasn't hurt them. They're they're running away with things. They're a lock. So what's happened over the past two months hasn't hurt them. And what's going to happen in the next four months, five months, really, since they're, again, a lock to play in October, is is still much more important. And so who would you rather have for the next five months, Hayward or Miller? Of course, it's not really that simple because they would have Miller for the next three years. Whereas for Hayward, they're they're probably going to get a pick or perhaps a slight discount if they extend him. Um, you could also say that it was a change of scenery sort of thing and that maybe Miller wouldn't be pitching like Miller is pitching well, if he had stayed. Sorry. Maybe it's a new pitching coach, new whatever. And I'll get to Miller in a second. But um, so, so, well, actually, I'll get to him right now. So the question is, uh, in a very simplistic term, who would you rather have? Uh, let's take the change of scenery element out of it. Uh, knowing that Miller's... Peripherals haven't, I mean, it's not like he's striking out batters like he was as a rookie. I mean, I remember when he was a rookie, do you remember the game he struck out? I think he struck out like, I'm going to botch this, but it was the same day that Matt Harvey had his like insane one hitter, one base runner, like almost through a perfect game. And I think the same day or maybe the next day, Shelby Miller threw the same thing. And like, I want to say he struck out like, I don't know, like 14 or something. And I, I, I watched that game, yet I don't remember, I don't remember very pertinent details, like how many he struck out. He struck out 13, okay? So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just, he had this fastball that he was just throwing over and over, and you thought, oh, well, no one will ever hit this. And, and he looked almost like, exactly like Harvey. Like he just could throw this fastball right past people. Like it was like people had never seen a pitcher before, and they didn't know when to start their swing against him. And his rookie year, I'm just going to pick some some arbitrary dates that make this argument look good. All right, I'm going to say through August 24th of his rookie year, he had 151 strikeouts in 140 innings. He had a 290 RA, so like the, the basic thing was going well. But he also was striking out like nine and a half, almost ten batters per nine. He was striking out almost four batters per walk. I mean, this guy was a FIP monster. And while he is having a good year, he is not that pitcher anymore. He is striking out six and a half. He's Kyle Loesch, if you just looked at his stats, right? Mm-hmm. Striking out six and a half for nine. The walks have gone down. The home runs have gone down. And, of course, the hits have gone way down. Without looking, his I'm going to guess his bab is like 90. It's like 202. Yeah, there you go. And so going forward, ex- I mean, obviously, accepting the, the three years, that Miller has of club control that Hayward doesn't, and the fact that Hayward costs a lot and Miller costs nothing. Who would you rather have from this point forward if you're the Cardinals and you're going for the World Series this year? Who would you just rather have for the next five months? Hayward. Yeah, me too. 
And so if you made it through Hayward's worst two months and you're no worse for it um, and you're looking at winning a ring, you know, I mean, if that was the point. So that's one way you could argue for the Cardinals. The other way you could argue for the Cardinals, and this is, this is not going to end well for the Cardinals, but um, the other way you could do it is, hey, look, they lost Oscar Tavares. They need they needed a right fielder. This was like this completely shocking, unplannable, horrible thing to have happen to the organization. They needed a right fielder. They got a right fielder, and you can go, well, you know, who knows what the alternative is? Maybe they maybe they end up signing Michael Kadire for five years or something like that's much worse than than what they did. I think that I don't really accept that because Randall Gritchuk's a big, a good ball player, and right now he's kind of marginalized a little bit in the current situation. And, um, I mean, they have Borges, they have Jay, they have Holiday, they have Gritchuk. It's not like they're really hurting for outfielders. And so I don't really think that holds up as an argument for the Cardinals, but you could use it um, a little bit. So uh, so I agree that this is right now a, a, a clear win for the Braves from the Braves' perspective. I think it's also probably a clear loss for the Cardinals from the Cardinals' perspective. Those are two separate questions. Um, however, I don't think Hayward needs to hit a walk-off home run in Game 7 or whatever hypothetical you set up in order to make this worthwhile for the Cardinals. I think if he plays like a six-win player from here on out, including October, they could say, that's what we wanted. The Mm -hmm. first two months are, uh, I mean, you know, if you're the Cardinals and things work out to the point that you're running away with the division, you're basically building for October. And um, you don't know what Hayward's going to do in October, but yeah, they, they, you know, maybe maybe they've just gotten lucky, lucky to have played super well without Hayward to the point that it doesn't matter. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I agree with you. I think that from this point forward for the next five months, you'd rather have Hayward. Now, the thing is I accepted the three, the three years of extra club control that Shelby Miller has, and it is, you know, more compelling to have Shelby Miller for the next three years than it was two months ago, Yeah. but not, not that much more. Is it like how much more is it? I, I, I don't know. Like who would you rather have? Let me ask you this. Who would you rather have for the next three and a half years? Shelby Miller or Rick Porcello? Probably Miller. Really? Rick Miller. Okay. All right. Yeah, I that don't is. know. Okay, yeah. So then the Braves win. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Miller, even when he was looking really dominant in that first year, someone who had access to hit FX told me that he was one of the hardest hit pitchers that year. And All fastballs. Yeah, and you and you can see that with I mean with the inside edge data at Fangraphs if you want to use that as a proxy. He has like one of the hardest hard hit percent one of the highest hard hit percentages from that year. And yeah, the the fastballs, so many fastballs. And then and that was the year when the Cardinals mysteriously didn't use him, right? Yeah. When they needed a starter in October and everyone was wondering whether he was hurt and we sort of assumed that he was hurt and hiding an injury and that didn't turn out to be the case and maybe they were just looking at that and not really trusting him even then but i think he's he's different now i think i might rather have kyle loesch version of shelby miller than that old dominant looking version interesting i um that's good information all right so um all right i'm on i'm on shelby miller's side okay all right good call josh donaldson for brett laurie kendall graveman Oh, and Barreto. Yes, Franklin Barreto. The other pitcher. Who's the other pitcher? Sean Nolan. Oh, Sean Nolan. Yeah, Sean Nolan. All right. Yeah, that one's that's a, <laughs> that's a tough one. So Laurie has not been good. 
No. He's, he's not been hurt either, which is the positive spin, but he's not been good. And Graveman, not been good. And Donaldson, been good. <laughs> really good. Like, like so let, first, let me ask you this. Is it conceivable that Josh Donaldson is currently the second best player in baseball? Or mm, is no. it third? Third. Why not? He's been 15 wins, depending on your win counter. So he was 15 wins from 13 to 14, which is like peak Utley. And mm. he's tied with Trout right now for 2015. Yeah. So who are you taking over him? You're taking Trout. Take Harper. You're taking Harper, which I agree, mm-hmm. but on the basis of three weeks. <laughs> right. Donaldson has been an MVP candidate, like a legit MVP candidate for two and a half years, and has been like almost as good as Harper this year. He's yeah. Harper like, turned the corner, though. Harper did turn a corner, and uh, we don't know when Josh Donaldson, if he's turned a corner. I was, so I was talking to um, uh, Jeff Quinton of VP about this the other day. There's something about doing it in a second location that feels more more convincing. You know, like, I don't know why. There shouldn't be. But there's something about just seeing a guy who's, like, really good with one team and then he goes to another team and he's still really good mm-hmm. that feels convincing. Like, because usually either, okay, he's playing in a hitter's park and you're like, well, yeah, sure, those numbers are propped up by his park. Right. Or he's Matt Holiday going from Coors to, to Bush. Okay. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the, right. Yeah. Or, or he's playing in a pitcher's park and you're like, is he really that good? I know the OPS plus is good, but he's got 14 home runs and a 260 average. And I don't care if that's 185 OPS plus. One way or another, he goes to another thing and you see he's still really good. And it feels somehow really convincing. Like he's not a product of his circumstances. He's not just, you know, like he's not just some Dave Duncan acolyte or whatever he's like good he's just good and there's i don't know i don't know if that's anything that's just how i was responding to a question jeff quinton asked me uh but he's been super good Mm -hmm. franklin barreto is a 703 ops in high a to be fair at 19 okay yeah so man this this one is tough because it wasn't i mean hayward had to be good this year for the Cardinals to win that, and he hasn't been good. Well, okay, so let, for I mean, look, clearly, clearly, the Blue Jays are winning. The only question yes. is corn dogs, <laughs> right? Yeah, so eight on a scale of one to eight, corn dogs. Three and a half. Three and a half because Donaldson. I mean, there's still he's got two and a half more years of club control, I think, or three and a half. Laurie's got two and a half. Graveman's got you know almost six. Uh, Nolan's got, you know, six, and Barreto is completely like an unwritten book. Yeah, that's a lot of years. Things could change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason why I thought the trade was defensible was that I thought maybe if Laurie was healthy, he could, you know, maybe Donaldson would decline a little bit and Laurie would bounce back and the gap between them wouldn't be enormous. Maybe it would be a couple of wins instead of a handful of wins. And that hasn't happened. So, but still, so many years. Yeah. So here's the here's the case. Here's the I think probably the best case for it being close to settled. I mean, Graveman and Nolan are both kind of low. They, they were they were seen as low upside, low ceiling. Or sorry, low floor guys who are basically ready now. They're you know the the type of of starters who you could just 
put into the rotation, get quality innings out of, uh, you know, Tommy Malone's. They were Tommy Malone's. And so, like, they're not really prospects in the sense that you can just brush aside what they're doing right now. They were supposed to be able to step in and provide quality innings right now. Graveman's been terrible. Uh, Nolan's been hurt and hasn't pitched for the A's yet. And, uh, of course, Laurie is a year closer to free agency than Donaldson, and this is one crew, one year. I mean, he's going to be expected. He's a non-tender candidate, hmm. possibly, at the end of this year. Maybe. I don't know if that's true. But he maybe is. I can say it. I've said it. said. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the A's are 50 games out of first place right now, and it's not exclusively because of this trade. They A lot of things have gone wrong. But they weren't expecting to be 50 games out of first place. And a large part of their team is either the product of this trade uh, or the absence caused by this trade. And it's probably the single move that is most responsible for them being 50 games out of first place. Now, they're so far out of first place that you could point to 75 factors at play. And even if they had Donaldson, they probably would be doing terribly. Um, and so maybe they would say, oh, well, you know, the circumstances the way they are, I, you know, thank goodness we got something out of Donaldson and uh, we didn't invest anything into this year. And now we have Franklin Barreto coming mm-hmm. along somewhere down the line. And if he's a Hall of Famer or even just a pretty good ball player, then it shifts the math. But, you know, I mean, they, look, this was not a like we talked about this at the time. No, that's what was interesting about all the A's trades. And if you want to, we could wrap some margin and Semyon in the, into this, too. We could talk about that trade if you wanted. These were not moves that were intended to be punts. That's what was interesting about them is that the A's had these star-level players. They traded them away, and yet they weren't rebuilding. They were signing Billy Butler, and they were getting guys who were major league ready, who were lower, you know, lower profile and a lot cheaper, but were supposed to be good enough that the A's would be competitive this year. Not four years from now. They didn't collect a bunch of live arms. They were supposed to be good now. And all these guys have flopped. And Semyon has been good. Has been good, yes, but uh, not a shortstop, really. I mean, like the idea that he was going to be a shortstop turned out to be misguided. I think is the general consensus. And um, so uh, maybe it's not, but I mean that's the consensus I've, that I've gotten. But he has been good, you're right. But uh, overall, as a package, I mean, these were deals that were supposed to make the A's like slightly less competitive this year and slightly more competitive in the years to follow. And instead it made them, as it turned out, way less competitive this year. And that's probably a loss. I, again, I don't think these are moves that you can necessarily criticize in process, but it turned out pretty badly, and they were supposed to get a lot of value out of them this year. Mm-hmm. And Zobrist has been hurt and not great when he wasn't hurt. Oh, yeah. Like, lots of things have gone wrong. They're not They're not in last place because they traded Samarja or because they traded Donaldson. Yeah. A oh, lot right. of factors. Right. And they have, like, the, the worst record relative to their third-order record of right. any team. It's like... What are they, like, 2-11 and 11 in one-run games or something? Yeah. It's like they're, like, eight wins below where they should be based on runs scored and allowed and quality of opponents and all that all that stuff. But that's what, that's what has happened. Yeah. So uh, the Blue Jays, just out of curiosity, I mean, it's we're kind of talking about it as well. It's kind of a loss for the A's just on the basis of who has performed. But as it turns out, the Blue Jays are uh, well out of first place as well. Can you make a case that they'd be better off having the long-term guys? Or is that just, are we getting way too deep into butterfly effect and all that? Well, 
we just say, hey, they got they got a great player and and they're happy with it. Yeah, in the AL East, no one is that far out of first place. They're in they're in fourth, but they're three and a half games back. So oh, yeah. that reminds me, I was supposed to mention this. The Astros have passed the Angels in playoff odds, which we talked about. Uh huh. And not only that, but the Astros currently have the highest playoff odds in the American League. Wow. And, yeah, they and, are. They are running away with the American League. They have, like, if you had to bet on an American League team to, world, to win the World Series, you would probably want to bet maybe on the Astros right now. Like, they might be the favorite. They have 61% playoff odds, 48% adjusted. So basically, 48% chance of having a five game series. And that uh, is A, interesting because the Astros are the AL favorites, and B, because no AL team has higher than 61% playoff odds, which is amazing. Like, it is total entropy right now. Everything is crazy. The Twins have the best record in the American League. No. <laughs> yeah, only the, only the Cardinals have a better record than the Twins right now. Huh. <laughs> uh, the, wow. Well, I'm a day, my standings are a day behind you. The Astros entered the day with a better record than the Twins, but I guess the Astros lost and the Twins won. Is that what happened? Yeah, the Twins won. And the Astros lost. Twins are thirty and nineteen. Astros are thirty-one and twenty. So the Twins have a six-twelve winning percentage, and the Astros have a six-zero-eight. Are you serious? Why haven't we talked about the Twins? <laughs> I don't know. Let's redo this episode and talk about the Twins. We're at thirty-three minutes and ten seconds. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Is that all the notable trades? There's more, but maybe we'll talk about some more tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk about the Twins tomorrow. Maybe we will. Did the Twins... What did the Twins do since last year? <laughs> what, can you name two transactions the Twins have made in the last nine months? Seriously, I challenge you, right? <laughs> two. Uh, well, Urban Santana, yeah, who has count. not played for them. <laughs> I, don't, I won't count that. He hasn't been activated yet. Name two. Do it. <laughs> well, we're out of time. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. <laughs> You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Effectively Wild. I think Tim Livingston, the broadcaster for the Stompers, will be posting links to Stompers streams if you want to watch Stompers games. You can email us at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And you can support our sponsor, The Play Index, at Baseball Reference by going to baseballreference.com using the coupon code BP and getting the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. Tory Hunter. Twin sign Tory Hunter. There's one. Yeah. All right. Now we're really out of time. We'll be back tomorrow. Good morning, and welcome to 683. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a hint. <laughs> Give me a hint, man. 687. All right. All right. Good morning and welcome to... <laughs>